0: Want to um, share something with you tonight? I feel like the Lord has been talking to me about, and I, I guess I want to make this um, this preface what I'm about to share with 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 this. I I don't um, I don't want this to come across tonight as just. Semantics, playing with semantics, playing with words, and um, that—that's not in any way, first of all, what it's intended to be. Second of all, I—I I, I trust that the Spirit of the Lord will open our understanding, and that um, we we can hear what it is He wants to say and and communicate to us. I guess if I could put it this way, I would—I would hope pray that there would be some revelation and understanding that would come to us. Because again, I'm not interested in just playing word games. I don't want to do that just because I don't want to do that, much less I respect you enough that I don't want to do that. Um, so I, I'm asking you to to, to, to kind of help me and, and help by by allowing your spirit to be open to the Lord and, and uh, what it is he would desire to say to us tonight so i i, I want to pose this question to you as we start church builders or kingdom expanders church builders or kingdom expanders which which one are you which one are we church builders or kingdom expanders let me read a, a couple of verses here to you a little bit of a little bit of context it comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, these are the words of the Lord, and in what into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, in verse number 9, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. I know I've read this verse many times before, or at least several times before. But as I was studying and preparing for this week, for tonight, and read this verse, I just got to tell you, there's just something about that phrase to me. He said, tell them, when you get there, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. One, I, I don't know how much it will come across here tonight, but I really, I really believe that most of us do not have anywhere near of an accurate perception of what we are. Of who we are, of what we are. I, I think we so devalue what we are he said, you tell them when you get there, the kingdom of God, because you're there. The kingdom of God is nigh unto you. The Amplified says, verse 9, this way, And heal the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come close to you. And then the Message Bible, Heal anyone who is sick, and tell them, God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. You tell them God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. I know it's the Message Bible. A lot of folks couldn't care less for the Message Bible, and I get some of that, but I I still like some things it says. God's kingdom is on your doorstep. Everybody realize that's what you are. You are a representative of God's kingdom. In, 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 in the Gospels, just the Gospels, this isn't, uh, in fact, well, let me just, I'll put it up there. In the Gospels, in the four Gospels, you will find the word kingdom 127 times. Now I understand that, that in some of those places, one, one gospel is, it's the same thing Jesus said in another gospel. So how many, how many unique times Jesus used the word, I'm not sure. But, but, so I'm just, I'm being upfront with you in that, okay? Some of those times in other gospels, it, it was the same thing he said someplace else. Nevertheless, 127 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can find the word kingdom. The word church is used three times. Three times, and it's in the same passage. 127 times we find the word kingdom, three times the word church. That's a big difference. And one of those times, and most of you know this passage and probably can pretty much quote it by heart, one of those times is verse 18 in chapter 16 and the exchange that's taken place with Jesus and the disciples and particularly Peter. He says, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, Who? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if I read that verse correctly, you and I are not the church builders. You and I are not the church builders. And yet, I think a lot of times we try to build the church. We carry this responsibility and wait to build the church. And I don't, I don't find anywhere. I, 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 I might get in a little bit dangerous waters here tonight. But the Trombley, don't go too far. I might need some, might need somebody to help me get out of here. I don't find any place where Jesus gave you and I the responsibility to help him build the church. Now I've said before and I've preached before and I I guess I'm not prepared to to say what I said was incorrect. I'm not totally sure. I've said before we're the laborers, but even at that I can't point you to chapter and verse where he said I'll build my church and you're the laborers to build it with me. Hallelujah. Where's that big pulpit? Even if it's glass, it deflects more. (laughs) I will build my church. You go, and when you go into a city, I'm not sending you to a city to build my church. I'm sending you into a city to represent my kingdom. Here we go. Here we go. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to play semantics with you. He didn't tell them, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you a 70 out to go build my church. He said, I'm sending you out. When you get there, by the way, heal the sick. Wow. Isn't it amazing how many things have become such a uh, 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 great momentous events that Jesus seemed to very casually tell his disciples to do. I mean he said, You go out and and, and if I could let 's put it in terminology that we understand today while you 're on visitation while you 're door knocking, just go ahead and heal the sick. Oh, hallelujah. I mean it, it, it wasn't some like dramatic thing he said. He just simply said, "Hey, you, you, I'm sending you guys out, and when you get into that whatever town you're going in, just heal some folks." Of course, you know what's kind of interesting? He told them to heal the sick. I know that they I know that we can't do it, but he didn't say, "Ask me to do." He said, "You go and you heal the sick." And tell them the kingdom is at hand. It's not, it is near them. They are, they are, they are close to the kingdom. I guess there's, I guess there's, of course, I guess they say about men that, you know, men, most men never grow up and whatever. I don't, I, when a lady with an attitude says that, that's one thing. When somebody just kindly or facetiously says it, I can handle that. But when some feminist says that, that's a different story. <laughs> and so I, I, there, I think there is still a little bit of that kid in me. And A couple weeks ago now, a month or so ago now, I guess it was, Esther was going to take her driving test, and we're sitting in the MVA, and I'm sitting there. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I see, I see a giant walk into the MVA. And I quickly recognized who it was. It was George Murasan, former NBA player with the Washington Wizards. He and Manute Bowl are the two tallest men in the history of the NBA. Seven foot seven, and I watched him, and 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 he played all. He also starred in a movie, uh, Gentle Giant, or something like that. I think what it's called. And so you know, I, I'm sitting there, and the boy in me comes alive. I'm telling my wife and Esther who it is, and I'm like, I. I'm gonna go get a picture with him. He's like you should. Uh-huh. You know what? I think I will. Some of you ended up seeing my post on Instagram. He went out. He was out. I walked out. Was about to go, and I think he came back in. I'm like, ah, oh, I missed my chance. And a few minutes later, he went back outside and was standing out there, and and right outside the door. And turns out his son was getting. Uh, there for, to get his driver's license, and I walk out, and he's standing right at the doorway, and I, <laughs> S- excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Murasan, <laughs> do you mind if I get a picture with you? No, sure. <laughs> and he reached out, and my hand suddenly disappeared. <laughs> And I was standing there by his belt buckle, basically. <laughs> I was, I was, I was nigh unto the tallest man in the NBA. Now you're saying, and in hindsight I'm saying, is it really a big deal? No. But you know what? We can, we get, we get, or actually we bring Wherever we go, we bring the kingdom near. We're causing people to have the potential to have an encounter with something far greater than an encounter with the tallest man in the NBA history. You tell them, the kingdom is here. It's nigh unto you. The last verse, the last two verses of the book of Acts, say this, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding Him. Teaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom, Preaching the kingdom. We try a lot of times to build what is God's responsibility to build. And I think miss what is higher responsibility. The kingdom is nigh. It is near you. It has come close to you. You know, I've taught, taught it some over the last year or so. I guess used it a little bit a couple of weeks ago. And again, I'm not trying to just make something out of something that maybe you perceive to be simple and minor, but I think it's something of, it's truly, it's significant. It's not just words. It's not just playing with words. But you and I were not called by Jesus to be Christians. Called to be disciples, followers. As a, fo- as a disciple, you are an adherent to the one that is teaching you. You're not just going where he goes, but you're allowing who he is and what he is to become a part of you. The problem is Christianity and the term Christian is what's become so common. And, and here's the big problem. A Christian is really just a consumer. Meet my needs. That's why so many folks come and go, whether it's this church or some other church. Because as long as you're meeting their need, it's all great. But the moment you let them down or disappoint them, if they have not become a disciple and made up their mind to be a disciple, disciples say what Peter said, Where else are we going to go? You think Peter liked what he was saying any more than the rest of them that left? I doubt it, but Peter understood. There's no other option. I may not like what you're saying. I may not want to accept what you're saying, but I'm not just here for what you can do for me or give me or meet my needs. I'm not trying to be mean or unkind, but I'm teaching to some people tonight that you really have yet to make that transition. Then the problem is if we stay Christians, then we're supposed to become salesmen. Oh, my word. I feel a song coming on. We are standing on holy ground. Uh, And I know that there are arrows all around. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it said that as Christians, soul winning and evangelism—it's—it's it's like being a salesman. It is. Show me that in the Bible. I, I don't find it. I, I Oh Jesus! I don't find any place where I was called to be—I was called to be a salesman. I, this doesn't show up. Probably the greatest. Sorry for. But but but. now then, I know you can't read it. I didn't put it there for your benefit. I put it there for mine. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, in Christ's place, be ye reconciled unto God. Is that a salesman? I am a representative of Christ. I stand in his place to do what he is no longer physically here to do. I'm not an insurance salesman. I'm not the person I was at the mall the other day. One day this week, and I'm you what know, I, I know. People got to earn a living, but I, I get so tired of not being able just to go where you want to go without something being sort of and then I and then I I just. I guess it's, I was, I walked past this one lady holding a little packet of some kind of moisturizing cream or something. No thank you. I, I said no, th- I was nice enough to say no thank you. And then she said, let me ask you a question. And I just kept walking. And then I don't know. I don't know if it was God or the devil. I'm not sure. Probably God. I probably. And then I'm thinking, what if Somehow, that was about to open a door. And you just kept walking. Oh, well, I don't want the stuff. (laughs) I'm not a salesman. How do you sell him? How do you peddle him? No, I represent him. And everywhere I go, I am a representation of Him. And I've got to understand and realize and believe that wherever I am, the kingdom is there. Whether they recognize it or not, I've got to recognize. I represent the kingdom. And wherever I go, I'm bringing the kingdom near somebody. Martin's note says, and this is actually from the commentary in Matthew 3, where uh, John the Baptist said these words, but they're very similar to what Jesus said in the verses that we just read. The expression, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, would best be translated, the reign of God draws near. You and I, when we come near to somebody, the reign of God is drawing near. The power, the authority, the dominion of God is drawing near to that person. The word nigh means to bring near, to join one thing to another, to draw or come near, to approach. When you guys go out, paraphrasing, Jesus was saying to those disciples, when you go out, heal the sick and tell them, the kingdom of heaven is near. Oftentimes, our first priority is not, our first priority is, let me read it the way I've written it, our first priority is not to bring people to church, it's to bring the kingdom to people. Unfortunately, too many times, we just try to get people to church. I don't have to defend my love of church. That's not what we were commissioned. That's not what we were told to do. Because what do we do? We try to get them to church because at church is where we have faith for their needs to get met. That's part of the reason we want to get them to church. Because I don't really have a lot of confidence that right here and right now, at this moment, at this spot, the kingdom will be manifested. Uh, Somebody uh, apparently, and, and sometimes you don't know if it's more than one or just one, but several weeks ago I made some comments in this regard. I have never said, nor do I believe, that we should not have miracles at church. We ought to have a manifestation of the presence and the power of God. And we want God to move and work, and people ought to get healed at church and delivered, and miracles ought to happen. But what I also believe is that's not the only place it should happen. I heard a sort of a I guess I got it from my daughter or my wife who got it from my daughter and so I just thought of it before church and and and, and this is this is this is this is uh, Community College campus ministry. Young man that's attended there and I believe this prayer took place not too long ago. Some type of muscular dystrophy, he uses leg braces and has a brace in his back, and he used to have a cane but no longer uses it, and his balance and motor skills have noticeably progressed. He hasn't had a shaking fit, loss of muscle control for a short moment since we have prayed. He's noticeably had joy that was never there before. Came in on Tuesday, Wednesday night, I believe, of this week. No cane. Had used to be using a cane. Came in with no cane. You know why? Because just a couple of minutes up the road from here, somebody recognizes this isn't church, and I don't have to get them to church, but I have brought the kingdom near. My job is to represent the kingdom, to take the kingdom. You know what? At some point, that does become about me opening my mouth. It does at some point. But it's also not just about opening your mouth. It's about the fact that I am a representative of the kingdom. And wherever I go, I represent the kingdom. We, we, Two weeks ago, we did it and we're going to do it again tonight. And in in December, we're doing it again while there's other training going on downstairs. We're going to be doing evangelism training, if you will, here in the sanctuary. We're doing that again tonight. Can I tell you part of the reason we're doing that is because I believe through the years there is a mentality that is developed. Not I believe is developed here, but not just here. It's developed throughout the, the the Pentecostal ranks that soul winners are a select group of people in a church. Just like some are called to preach, some are called to be soul winners. And we, and, and, and a lot of churches seem to have some star soul winners. And then everybody else is not a good salesman, so you're not a soul winner. And if you're not a good soul, if you're not a good salesman, then you can't build the church, which you weren't called to do in the first place. But we hope that the superstars will keep doing their job. Because the rest of us just aren't any good at it. How can you not be good at being a representative of what is in you? Wherever I go, righteousness, peace, and joy go. Wherever I am, I got the kingdom in me, and so wherever I go, there is righteousness, peace, and joy. see that oh i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't, but I am i I don't even know oh jesus i got a i got a <clears throat> help me Jesus i got a metal pulpit here too man I need something that doesn't that doesn't take lightning. I I don't even really find in Scripture this big catch or this big term we use, soul winner. Well, the Bible says, He that winneth souls is wise. Okay, so we've built now this huge doctrine that you're to be a soul winner. I, I am a, um, I am, I am a, uh, I get no commission for what I'm about to say. I am a mission barbecue fanatic. You may have your barbecue place and there's other great, but that's that's the convenient one, number one, but it's also good. A couple of weeks ago, I went to lunch there one day with somebody. The next day I was by myself, my family was all off on their own, I went there for dinner and then the next day I had Brother Morgan and we went there for dinner and I was as fine and content as could be. Who's never, Somebody never been to Mission Barbecue, never been to Mission Barbecue and you like barbecue, you like barbecue? You like turkey? I am not, I am not a big turkey person. I eat turkey at Thanksgiving more so because it's tradition. I'm, I'm more of the ham guy. But but I, I eat it. Now, when it's turkey and dressing that my mother makes, that's a whole different story. But just turkey. And the other day, I was sitting there with Brother Morgan, and, and we were eating, and they come, every now and then they come by with these little cups that are samples. Of, of different stuff, and they came by with turkey. See, if you don't know me, it's it's some that know me well. This is a joke. The big joke is I, most of the time I don't have to look at a menu where I go because I get the same thing every time. I don't want variety. I don't want to change it up. That's what I get. That's what I like. That's what I want. And so up, up until now, I always got pulled pork, fries, iced tea, Banana pudding when it's in season. So I'm sitting there and they bring turkey, right? And I'm like, oh, I guess so. I'll try it. You know what? The last three or four times I've been there, I've gotten smoked turkey. Woo! You never had it? Can I give you a gift card? Actually, I can do better than that. I got a little bit of leftovers in my car from dinner this evening. Anybody else? Anybody, anybody else had Mission Barbecue Turkey and agree? Yeah. So, so, so watch this, watch this. I, listen, I just sowed a seed. Sorry, Brother Trombley, I'm stealing some of your thunder for later. My apologies. They won't remember I said it so you can say it again. I just sowed a seed. If Sister Trish comes by Sister Yolanda at some point and says, Hey, you ought to go try Mission Barbecue turkey. You know what she just did? She watered the sea. If she goes to Mission Barbecue and gets the turkey and thinks it's good and comes back and tells me, I'm not the turkey winner. I sowed. She watered. That's good. That's good. That's, that's good. That's good. And there are people in this place sitting here right now. I'm sorry. I'm, we're gonna. We 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 can't not do it, Brother Tromley, I'm sorry. And I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't help it. There are people sitting in this place right now that you are afraid to be a representative of the kingdom because you haven't gotten the results. Paul said, I planted Apollo's water, but God. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. But God, but God, don't go walking around with your spiritual pistol and the notches on it of how many people you got in the water and got baptized. Some soul, some water, but God, but God. God gives the increase. Being a being a perfectionist is not a good thing when you have your own house and your own yard and your own plants and you care about that stuff. It drives me crazy, brown patches in my yard. So every year I reseed and I work it over again only to watch it die in the summer. Do you know what I do when I go out there to seed? I get that spreader. I walk behind it, I push it, I scatter seed. And guess what I have been that day? A success. I'm gonna come along a few days later, I'm gonna water. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons to it, but I got, I believe that one of the reasons Paul said that, and that's the principle God established is so that none of us would glory. Because if I accept what Paul said, that some sow, some water, but ultimately it's God that's giving the increase, how do any of us get a big head for being something special when all we did was just our part? I guarantee you there's a whole lot of you folks here tonight that you did not come to church, get the Holy Ghost, get baptized the first time somebody ever talked to you. Some of you probably did, but there's a bunch of you. Somebody said something, and there's probably, if we took the time, I got a feeling there's probably some folks here tonight that there was, this, there was a couple of years in between some seed being sown and the time it came to fruition. If all we're doing is trying to build a church, that'll drive us crazy. But if I'm representing the kingdom... The responsibility of the results is not my problem. I just got to represent. Here's part of the problem, though. I cannot bring what is not established in me. I cannot come to you and be a representative of the kingdom when the kingdom is not established in me. And I can just be a good church member, a good church goer, a good Christian consumer without God ruling and reigning in my life. Or <laughs> well, I don't agree with that. And let's let's go on let's you and I go door knocking Saturday and let's come across how many people that are going to tell you they're a Christian. And let me see you get bold enough to argue with them and tell them they're not. And ask some of them where they're going to church the next day. If it's a Saturday. And then some of them probably tell you, I don't really go to church. But I'm a Christian. But if I'm going to represent the kingdom. If I'm going to, if I am going to bring the kingdom near to somebody. I got to have the kingdom in me. And you can't have a kingdom without a king. And a kingdom is not really a kingdom if the king's not in charge of the kingdom. So in some ways, it'd be a lot nicer just to work on being a soul winner. Because if I can become a good salesman for Jesus, I don't have to let Jesus be in charge of me. And surely if I can sell a few folks on Him every now and then, I'll at least get commissioned. I kid. I just got my. You, I'm sure some of you have different philosophies on all this, and this isn't about philosophies or trying just just what I do and just my parenting, whatever. You got your ways, but at this point, I have chosen. I provide my kids cell phones, and I take care of that. And they, one day, I I'm gonna turn it over to them. I promise you. But for right now, I do it, and it was actually saving me some money to go get them some new phones. For the first time in my life, my kids now have a better phone than I have. We won't, you know. I have no idea why I was about to say that. That's what happens when you got bitterness. It interrupts the flow. I, go re- I, I got to go listen to my message from a couple weeks ago it's so a want, not a need. Oh my word. Oh, I know. Thank you. Now that I make a fool of myself. And we went into the Best Buy Mobile in the in the mall to to look for some look for cases. And it was really funny cuz the guy walks up and first words out of first words out of his mouth, "We are we don't work on commission." What he was what he was saying to me was I don't want you to feel pressured by me coming to help you. And I, I appreciated that. But that's kind of how we are. You know, you know, listen, Lord, I'll, I'll sell you. Just bless me here and there a little bit. Give me a little kickback. But to represent you with you having complete and full control, that's kind of a whole different thing. But he said, I want you to go, and when you go, tell them. Tell them. You see, here's what I think is probably the way it's supposed to work you and I expand the kingdom, and he builds the church. He said, You and I expand the kingdom. And then from the kingdom expansion, he gets the materials to build it. But I don't have to carry the weight and pressure of building it. And I'm not supposed to carry the pressure of representing the kingdom. I'm supposed to look at that as a great honor and privilege. I have been given the opportunity to bring the kingdom near You and I, tomorrow morning when most of you get up and go to work, go to your places of business, some of you go to school, you are bringing the kingdom. You guys walk down the hallways of elementary schools and middle schools and high schools and walk around college campuses. You are bringing the kingdom Nigh. You're bringing it close to somebody. You're not bringing a church. You're not bringing a religious organization. You're not bringing just some religious methodology. But if you are a born-again believer, I, I was thinking about I shouldn't close with this because it's probably really a whatever. Sister Trish come, I'm, I'm, I am closing. I'm closing. We we always talk about what do you have to do to get in the church. And then what do we say? What, what's the answer to that? What's the basic answer we give to that? What do you have to do to get in the church? What do we say? Don't be, I'm not tricking you. What's the answer we normally say? What do you have to do to be to get in the church? Come on, what's the big religious but I'm a blank blank believer. Gotta be born again. I'm not trying to split airs here tonight. I'm trying I'm probably getting in waters I don't even need to get into tonight. But go to John three five, what we always use. Jesus didn't tell John what to do to get in the church. Oh hallelujah. I know I'm messing with your theology tonight. Do you have to be born again to be in the church? Sure. <laughs> but but when it came to being born again, he was talking first and foremost, the kingdom. If you're going to get in the kingdom, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. If you're going to see the kingdom, you've got to be born again. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you got to be born again. We have taken being born again to be about the entrance into the church. I guess, I guess, let me just give you my word pictures and the way I try to do it. The kingdom to me is this. The church is a part of the kingdom. It's what he's building in the kingdom. But the kingdom goes where the church isn't. Oh, hallelujah. Church is the called out ones. So when we get together, we're the church. I, I, I'm not really sure that when I'm someplace by myself, I'm the church. Because the church is the called out ones, plural, and I'm a called out one when I'm by myself. But I am a kingdom representative. I am bringing the kingdom near. Since I'm not giving a speech tonight, I don't have some end game in mind. There are several things that my hope the Holy Ghost would accomplish here tonight. On one hand, my hope is to take some pressure off some of you. On the other hand, my hope is to help try to get every one of us to realize that as a born-again believer, I am a representative of the kingdom. I may never go on door knocking. I may never go do a block party. I may never go on some organized outreach effort, but wherever I go, I am a kingdom representative. And everywhere I go, there are people that are desperately in need of the kingdom. Father, help us tonight. I pray God, I think, I think above anything else tonight that you would just help us with A revelation of who and what we really are. We're not just some members of a religious group of people. We're not just some participants in a religious organization. But by the nature of what we've done, of being born again, of water and spirit, we have entered your kingdom. We represent your kingdom. We take your kingdom. We are... We are bringing your kingdom near to everyone we come in contact with. We're bringing righteousness and peace and joy. We're bringing hope. We're we're bringing the solution to the to the heartaches and the pain of their life. I'm not trying to give a sales pitch and sell you God. We're just called to manifest you and manifest your kingdom. God, I know sometimes we feel a pressure to build your church, but You said You would build it. So God, tonight, help us to be the representatives of the kingdom we're supposed to be and then trust in You and Your power and ability to build what You said You would build, Lord. Help us, God, to do our part. If it's sowing, if it's watering, whatever it is, to be in the kingdom what it is You've called us to be, called us to do in any moment, any time, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus' name. Amen.